This is episode 73 of the Rise Up Podcast. We're a morning radio show hosted by Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life, a network of stations across New York and Pennsylvania. Our podcast is a weekly conversation that will help you think and grow in your faith. If you haven't already, subscribe today so you don't miss a single episode and find out more about our show at familylife.org. Today is going to be great. We just know it. This is Rise Up with Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life. You could spend your whole life studying God's Word. What is the main message of the Bible? There are a lot of different ways to look at that, guys. Mm. I think so. Uh, Misunderstood is a word that comes to my mind uh, about the Bible, and I'll just take my experience uh, in there. I I grew up, and even into my uh, teens and 20s, and I didn't come to the Lord until I was in my early 30s, but I misunderstood. Uh, First of all, I didn't understand the Bible. Uh, I'd look at it sometimes and go like, well, this doesn't make any sense. I don't even get it. Uh, I didn't understand why I didn't get it at the time. But uh, see, I always I lived my life up until then, even though I was, you know, I was a pretty decent guy. But I always thought that like, oh, okay, if I did this wrong, uh oh, God was ready to sit there and Hmm. pound me over the head. And, you know, and I had to earn everything. And the better I was, uh, the better God saw me. And, And then when I came to Jesus and read the Bible, the message that comes to me over and over again is I can't do anything to uh, have God love me more, and I can't do anything to have God love me less. So that word love comes in. I tr- changed, <laughs> God changed my heart, and uh, that that look of God was not of like, oh, condemnation. No, not at all. Just the opposite. God was my biggest cheerleader. God loved me. God's for me. God forgave me. God. So all those words just come to that, uh, that love that uh, I understood and the message that I get over and over again, that God loves me. Hmm. Uh, as we say, despite me, he loves me. He's for me. He wants me to do better. And uh, out of that love, then I uh, serve him better and better on a daily basis. No, not perfection. No, I haven't gotten there yet like everybody else, and we never will. But uh, yeah, just that love message that I didn't understand early on. I had a wrong view of who God was. So yeah, the Bible, the main message for me is God loves me. The direction of that action that you're talking about, Steve, is really cool because it's God towards you as opposed to how do I get to God? I think it's easy for somebody to think about a religious text and say, what's the point of this? Well, the point of it is how you get to find your relationship with God. This will open up the secrets for you to how to know God. And yeah, the Bible has a lot about knowing God. But what do we know about God through the Bible? What we chiefly come to know is that he's pursuing a relationship with us. Like from the very beginning, he's created these people to come to get to know, and he wants to be intimately involved in their lives. The problem is we we do have a problem, and it keeps us separate from being able to relate Mm. to him. But the whole Bible is that. It's how does God want to relate to his people? And consequently, when you read that, you find out what it means to, to be one of his people. So you do find that instruction for how to know God, but primarily that's where it comes from is because it's the whole Bible is the message of God wanting to get to relate to you. And it's interesting because it's not just to get to know him, to hang out and have coffee. It's like God God wants there to be something that happens here in this relationship. And I like the introduction to how Eugene Peterson wrote his 
remix that could be called of the Bible, a paraphrase, if you will, um, the message. We've heard of the message Bible before, and that author, what he puts before it, just talking about what, what the Bible is, I like how he describes it. It's a world of revelation, God revealing to people just like us, men and women created in God's image, how God works and what is going on in this world in which we find ourselves. At the same time that God reveals all this, God draws us in by invitation and command to participate in God's working life. He's drawing us in, I love that, to participate in what he's doing. So yeah, we get to know him and then we get to be part of of what he's doing in this world. That's so exciting. And that's something I think you can find any scripture passage you pick up, ask yourself, okay, how's God relating to his people here? And how is he inviting me to be part of his work here also? I think it's fascinating that we all have the same word of God, that we all had the same question posed to us, but that we all have different answers. And I think that's one of the most amazing things about God is that he's so multifaceted that we all can have a unique relationship with him based upon how different we all are. Because he is not different. He hasn't changed for any one of us, but he's just so multifaceted. And when I look at the Bible as a whole, I see the theme that God always provides. I mean, from the moment of creation, God didn't need light. You know, God made light because we need light. God didn't need time. He created day and night and time because our human minds can't operate in a span of eternity. He made the earth, the air, the food, anything you need, God has made perfectly. Well, until we messed it up, right? Mm -hmm. And then sin comes in the world. But God still provided a way. He provided a way in Jesus. Because of Jesus, we have a way to be united with God, despite the giant chasm that man caused. And now, living for Christ in a broken world, he provides. He provides hope and peace and everything we need. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. That is from Matthew 6, 25 through 33. And I think especially after reading that, any of us would logically say, God provides for us. Yeah. With kind of a question mark. God mm. provides for us yeah. because we don't always live like God provides for us, exclamation point. You know, we scramble to get the things we need. We hustle because, you know, we got this thing we got to take care of. We worry. Oh, worry is a big one. We worry about how things are going to go. And worry is proof that you don't really think that God is going to provide. Wow. So here are some truths about how God provides. God is the one who made it all, who holds it all, who provides it all. That is true. God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. That is in Philippians 4.19. He provides a way for us to have a relationship 
with him. And that's some of what you spoke about, Tim. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. That is from John 15. And then God has provided a purpose for each and every one of us. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. That is from Ephesians 2.10. So from the moment of creation to the moment of the new heaven and the new earth, God always provides. I don't mean to say this in a flippant way, because I really don't, but as you both were talking, uh, a remember God brought something back to my mind. Remember I said that I grew up, I didn't grow up with the Bible, I didn't really right. read the Bible, didn't know the Bible, but I, one of my best friends growing up, uh, I think he was in junior high at the time, and he went to a Catholic school, and he had an essay to write, and he could do it on anything about the Bible, and he decided to go... Uh, and it really is a true story, and it caught my attention, and he called it, and this won't be anything new for most people, but he called it Baseball in the Bible. So that was interesting, you know, Baseball in the Bible. Like, this is funny. So he read it to me, and he says, you know, and it was my first introduction, actually, to the Word of God, because first sentence of his essay, he said, Baseball in the Bible, it's there in the big inning, right? And we've all heard that, but right. that was my first introduction way back in, in when I was in junior high, wow. and I thought, oh, that's it. That's fun. That's kind of, huh. So I, I found a Bible, looked at it, and was like, well, there it is, right? In the, you know, in the big inning. Yeah. But for me, you know, God doesn't make mistakes, and he reaches people different ways. And that's my friend. Yeah. I love sports. He related to two, and I'm like, huh. And I wow. that was my first interest in like, wow, what's in this book? Huh. Has something to do with baseball? What? <laughs> you know, whatever. Right. But I just find that very interesting that uh, the first words in the Bible were the first words I was introduced to through a friend, uh, different meanings for different people, but God loves you. Don't hit the snooze button. Come join us. It's Rise Up with Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life. Knowing God's word pays. I don't know if you were watching Jeopardy on Tuesday night. People's heads practically exploded when this happened. Matthew 6, 9 says, Our Father which art in heaven, this be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. I mean, were you screaming at your TV? Hallowed! <laughs> Hallowed! You're like, I know that. And so, yeah, you could have gotten $200 if you hmm. knew that answer on Jeopardy. But, you know, knowing the word of God pays <laughs> in the peace that you have. Come on, you don't need any more beauty sleep. You look great. Thanks for listening to Rise Up on Family Life. Life was so much easier for me, anyway, before texting. Uh, back when I wanted to uh, converse with someone, have communication, you'd pick up a telephone and call and actually say words. I mean, there'd what? be words you there. You would say words? Words, like complete words and things like that. And I understood most of the words, uh, that kind of thing. <laughs> what confuses me from time to time, and I'm getting yes. better at it, are those texts with the, the acronyms. I mean, it took me a while, mm. but I mean, I learned the LOL for laughing out right. loud. I don't get a lot of those, but I, I do get the BRB, uh, be right back. Right. <clears throat> and sometimes they come back, sometimes they don't. The ones I'm learning recently that I didn't know, I didn't, I get this one a hmm. lot, but um, if I just say this, T-I-L-S-M-H, that means today I learned shaking my head. S-M-H, I would get that a lot, yeah. as you might imagine. I would text some, I would, I would text some, I get S-M-H a lot. I didn't know what it meant at first. And, <laughs> and it was, it was shaking. Like for you bring up trees, for instance, right. you're bringing up trees a lot, getting fruit. Right. I would text someone, um, hey, why do you never see an elephant hiding in a tree? And they don't. And I said, 
because they're so good at it. You know, because you never see them because they're so good at hiding. SMH. And, I mean, SMH. LOL, JK. Okay. They're laughing out loud, just kidding. And, right. And then they say, be right back. And I wait, wait, <laughs> I wait. We're giving out smiles that you can wear all day. This is Rise Up on Family Life. What do talking and ketchup have in common. I was reading a story about a dad and a daughter, and they're just sitting in the living room. She's reading her book, and he's watching TV, and about an hour goes by, and she says, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, she got so wrapped up in her book. She said, we haven't even been talking, and he wasn't bothered. He said, talking is like ketchup. If you like the meat enough, you don't need the ketchup, and if you like the company enough, you don't need the conversation. Boy, dads have the best wisdom, don't they? We weren't sure how you liked your coffee, so we didn't make any. Hope that's okay. It's Rise Up with Steve, Therese, and Tim on Family Life. The gym, ice cream, and God. Oh. What an intersection right there. Happened to me yesterday, and here's where I'm going with this. It was time to go to the gym yesterday, and I didn't feel like going. As a matter of fact, when I got out of the car and walked across the parking lot, I thought to myself, I really don't even want to be here. And then I did my key card thing to open it up, and it wouldn't open. The door wouldn't open. I tried it again. It wouldn't open. I'm like, oh. <laughs> you don't I mean, have to go now. Well, except for the person working inside opened the door for me. I'm like, oh. I said, you ever have one of those days where you don't feel like working out? And they said, yeah, pretty much every day. And then I finished my workout. I did my workout. And it was good. And then I left. And then driving home, here's where the ice cream comes in. I had, matter of fact, during my workout, I was like, man, I, I don't normally do this, but I want to stop and get some ice cream. All right. Oh, I mean, after all, you did work out. Drove by one, actually w- drove into the parking lot. Ugh, can't do it. Drove out. Drove closer to home, another ice cream place. I'm like, oh, oh boy. Drove into the parking lot. Ugh, can't do it. Drove out. Got home. And, and so... It's kind of reminds me a little bit about, you know, in a different way, though. But remember when Apostle Paul wrote to the Roman church, for what I am doing, I do not understand, for I am not practicing what I would like to do, but I'm doing the very thing I hate. Now, here's the thing, Mm. what I realized yesterday. I didn't want to go to the gym, and I went. I know that's good for me. I wanted ice cream, but I didn't get it. That's probably all those are good decisions. But here's what Mm -hmm. I really learned. I didn't feel any better. After making those decisions, even though they were the right decisions. Hmm. You wanted so, like that spiritual high. Yes. Yeah. And making that right decision. And then I'm talking about, you know, what going to the gym and ice cream has nothing to do with sin or not sin. It right. Just, that's how God spoke to me. It's like, right. you know, this Christian life is not about, oh, I feel great all of a sudden. It's about making the right decisions. So, yeah, that wasn't really exactly what Paul was writing to the Romans. It is kind of like with a little twist. Yeah. Ooh, a little twist. Oh, it's twist. Oh, twist. Now I, now I, now I really want ice cream. Of course we're happy. You're here. Why wouldn't we be? Thanks for listening to Rise Up on Family Life.